turn your eyes to the skies. It's time for Space Out on 95 BFM, thanks to the Stardome Observatory and Planetarium. Hello, Josh. Are you there? Kia ora. How's it going? It's good. It's good. Uh, how how are things with you, and how are things at the Stardome? Oh, we're cranking at the moment with um, all of our Matariki stuff going mm-hmm. at the moment. We've, yeah, just started our double shows for Matariki. So, yeah, it's been really busy, which has been quite nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, a double show. Talk me through what is a double show and, you know, what's happening for that. Um, yeah, so we, we're doing um, double runs of our show, Nasi Tuo Matariki, for this month. Um, so Thursday, Friday, Saturday and Sunday nights. Um, just basically doing the show um, twice a night just because it's, such a busy show for us mm-hmm. um yeah just obviously with it being a public holiday people are pretty interested in matariki so it's a yeah, pretty busy time for us excellent now what's what's uh, on the cards as far as space news um nasa have been up to um <clears throat> a couple of missions and or some yeah we, we had um yeah we had what was first we had boeing um their starliner spacecraft which is um kind of a spacecraft they built in competition with spacex with their dragon um, has finally made it to the space station after about three, three-ish years of delays. Um, yeah, they had the first mission, flew up, docked to the station, and they came back down a couple of days later. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Boeing, they must be pretty stoked with that, too, um, yeah, especially after all the delays they've gone through. Uh, the photo, I mean, this is radio, obviously, but you sent through a photo of, well, a NASA article, and it's got a photo of a little shuttle uh, coming mm. down via parachute into a desert somewhere in the USA. So this is like the capsule, which is returning to Earth, that's been up to the space station? Yeah, so this is a crew capsule. So typically um, in the last couple of years, astronauts go into the space station. They go on the SpaceX Dragon spacecraft, which mm-hmm. is a little capsule, um, and that lands in the ocean, whereas this one here is the Boeing's equivalent of a, space, a crewed spacecraft. Um, so it looks kind of similar, but it's completely different um, kind of internals and this one lands on land as opposed to in the ocean mm-hmm. um and they've yeah they they basically built this um back when the shuttle retired you know 10 years ago nasa said you know obviously we need to get astronauts to space so they put out the call um for private companies so spacex and boeing kind of heated the call and obviously spacex has already been throwing astronauts up there but yeah now boeing's um finally done their kind of final test um and the next flight of the spacecraft will hopefully actually have crew on board uh, what's what is the landing like uh, for this particular shuttle, which is landing in the desert? It looks like it's it's obviously got uh, three parachutes and some sort of inflatable bottom on the bottom of the shuttle. Yeah, it uses like an airbag system essentially. So some spacecraft that land on land, like the Russian Soyuz spacecraft, that you kind of that fires rockets just hit the ground to kind mm. of um, counter that movement. But yeah, the Boeing one uses these giant kind of essentially bouncy bouncy balloons. They're like um, uh, airbags essentially and they just basically head into the ground and just absorb a little bit of that impact but mm. yeah I mean this is a test flight so they had sensors and kind of like a dummy model on board and that kind of tests you know what the astronauts are actually going to feel when that you know capsule hits the ground basically. Mm-hmm. How fast is it going when it hits the ground do you know? Um, oh I couldn't tell you off the top of my head but it, it's a bit of a jolt um, and you know even astronauts that just go on the Russian and the Dragon spacecraft um, it's it's not the most comfortable thing, you know, hitting the ground, even if you're falling into the ocean. Mm. But, um, yeah, it's a bit of a jolt. And they, it's actually where memory foam comes from. Um, NASA developed that for astronauts as they're, you know, in their seats. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can imagine if you've just spent um, 
a couple of weeks or months up in space and then coming back to Earth compounded with gravity and then hitting terraforma might be a bit like Ugh. oh yeah and that, yeah that's the other thing is you got to also imagine you know these astronauts have not experienced gravity for six months so the muscles in their body are probably like what on earth is going on mm. so mm. yeah it would, wouldn't be very comfortable now uh next on the news a meteor shower yeah there's um we've had a lot of um there's a meteor shower what is it called the Oh, I forget the name of it. Um, I'm going to bring it up. But there was a meteor shower potentially that um, NASA is it the, kind of the Tau Tau Hercules. Yeah, Tau Tau Hercules or something. They've got yeah. these weird like Latin names. Um, but yeah, there's this potential meteor shower which is um, tonight slash tomorrow morning. Um, but we kind of no one really knows if it's actually even going to happen. Um, it's kind of a all or nothing event. But um, yeah, back in the 90s, there was a comet that broke up. Um, and that kind of debris, you know, been flying around the solar system, and Earth is now, we think, going into that path. Mm-hmm. Um, but we don't, we don't actually know if any of that debris is even there, if it's actually going to be strong. Um, but it's, if it is there, we think that it's going to be one of the strongest. And you know, some astronomers call these like meteor storms, when you can get, you know, up to thousands of meteors per hour. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's either going to be that, or it'll be virtually nothing. So we, we don't really have any idea until until tomorrow, essentially, until after it's happened. So potentially tonight, uh, but is, where's the best place for viewing it? Is it going to be a North American thing, or is it going to be a down here it's, thing? Um, yeah, it's predominantly in the Northern Hemisphere, unfortunately, mm. but we, we still do see a slight part of the sky down in the south. Mm. Um, I mean, I'm looking at my window right now, and it's completely clouded over. Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, I mean, if anyone does want to try their luck, if you get outside in the early morning hours, so you're looking at like 2, 3 in the morning, mm-hmm. um, you may see some, but also you may not. We just really don't know. But if it if it does happen, it should be really great. But if it doesn't, then it just doesn't, yeah. Any bits that would be large enough to crash into Earth and be of any concern? No, not with these comets. They're typically just really small pieces of dust and ice, and they, they mostly harmlessly burn up. Um, you do get slightly larger pieces, which sometimes we call fireballs, kind of streaking across the sky. Um, but the yeah, the comet trails they don't pose any immediate danger um, to Earth. You know, heading into us, thankfully. Mm-hmm. And uh, more NASA news: um, they've put all spacewalks on hold because it appears that some of the spacesuits are leaking water. Yeah, they've um, they've been having some problems with the kind of aging spacesuits, um, which they've been using since the space shuttle era since the kind of eighties. Um, so yeah, they, they recently they had a spacewalk. Um, I mean, they do them regularly, but they had a spacewalk recently, which found that water was leaking in one of the suits, which mm-hmm. kind of doesn't sound very bad. Um, but you've got to remember that in that zero g environment, if you have water floating around, um, there's no gravity to pull it down, so it can actually pull and grab onto astronauts. Um, and you know, you can actually get astronauts drowning in a zero g environment because they can't actually move the water. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they, they can't touch their face or anything in these giant suits. So it's actually really dangerous. So they've, they've had to um, basically just say, no, we need to fix this problem before we do anything. Okay, so these are the same suits they've been using since the 80s. There's no upgrades going up there, like a new spacesuit every mission? No, well, I mean, they, they bought about 18 of these um, during the space shuttle era, and they, they still, we still have, I think, about 10 of them. Mm. Um, I mean, we've lost many over the years. There were obviously the space shuttle... Um, disasters which we lost several of them um there's still a couple on the international space station but they're, they're extremely expensive to build so nasa can't really just you know whip up another one so they try and reuse them but they are aging you know technology um 
but they're the same ones that they've used for all those years. So how many? Kind of just how, many how many? Road. How many did they make? Uh, I think eighteen, eighteen okay. or nineteen of them. Eighteen or nineteen, um, and these are the suits that they use for like going outside on the ISS. Yeah, so the, those are the big white, um, kind of bulky looking ones that you see them kind of you know floating around in mm. space. Um, but yeah, I mean they, NASA is developing different spacesuits for other programs. So they have um, a couple for the Artemis program. So that's for you know people to go to the moon. Mm. Um, but those aren't really designed per se for the space station. So that's kind of a different type of spacesuit. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they don't really have budget either to just you know whip up a spacesuit. So they're going to have to actually fix these ones. Um, you know, they might even have to bring them back down to Earth and send them back up. But yeah, they, they definitely wouldn't risk um, you know putting an astronaut in danger. Any idea on how they? I mean, say they've got a bunch up at the space station. How do the the astronauts up at the space station go about trying to fix them? Well, that's the thing. I mean, there might be smaller issues where, you know, people on the ground can diagnose the problems and then send them the tools and they could potentially fix them on the space station. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, sending things to space is expensive. It's limited space. um, So it might actually be more viable to send them back down to Earth and fix them. Um, But, yeah, it just really depends what the assessment is because they don't really know what's causing the problem at this time. Um, So, yeah, they're just going to have to figure it out. Yeah, wow. I mean, I didn't realize they were so vintage. It's not like, you know, you could plug it in and get a read, you know, like with a piece of software. It sounds like, you know, these are the original gangster spacesuits. Yeah, and and they really are. And, um, you know, there's also, there are other spacesuits on the space station. The Russians do have their version of spacesuits. Mm. Um, they're not used by the American astronauts typically. They usually use their own country spacesuits. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, yeah, I think in the you know current political climate, I don't think Americans would want to be <laughs> in the Russian spacesuits. Um, but yeah, it's just yeah, NASA's obviously going to have to fix that for the astronauts. Okay. Do you know what uh, spacewalks were booked in over the next couple of weeks that they've cancelled? I know that they had. Um, they've currently been adding new solar panels because um, the the current solar panels on the space station are quite old. Um, they've been adding new ones just to kind of boost the power levels, and I knew that that was coming up. So mm. that's yeah, that's going to be have to put on put that on hold basically. Um, but yeah, it doesn't pose like an immediate danger. They're not going to you know run out of power. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, yeah, just another problem that they've got to fix. What do you know about solar panels in space? Do you get extra solar power from them because there's no atmosphere for the light to? Yeah, I mean, it's obviously you're getting direct sunlight. Mm. So there's nothing filtering it like on Earth. Um, but you've also got to remember that the you know there's really intense radiation in space, so you are getting that increased power input. But the um, the solar panels degrade quite quickly in space, mm-hmm. so the output over time actually drops a lot quicker than on Earth because uh-huh. they're being directly exposed to the sun. Wow. Um, so yeah, those big giant you know wing looking things you see on the space station, even though they're massive, their power output is a lot less than what they were when they were first launched, just yes. because of that really intense environment. Ah, interesting. All right, Josh. Um, what else is happening at the Stardome that we need to know about? Obviously, Matariki is uh, kind of in full swing. Yep. Yeah, we've obviously got a Matariki show that I mentioned, um, and we've got our our light show, which is coming up on when is it? Uh, the week of Matariki, so that's the 21st of June. Um, on that week, we're doing like a light show. So we're actually projecting these you know, giant lights up into the sky. It's going really cool. Um, and that's a free event, so people can just rock up and see it outside. Um, yeah, it's really quite cool. Awesome. All right, mate. Uh, if people want to find out more, you can head along to stardome.org.nz uh, and or I guess just jump on the phone and give Stardome a call. Do people still do that? Oh, occasionally, just flick us a DM. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Josh. 
Hey, uh, thank you very much, and we'll chat to you in a fortnight's time. All right, I'll speak to you then. Thank you, too. Control, we are docked. That was spaced out on 95 BFM, thanks to the Stardome Observatory and Planetarium.